Okay, this is Dr. Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. This is part two of CT imaging of the spleen. And in this segment, we're going to talk about more focal splenic lesions. So we're going to start with question number four. So you can see there's a lesion on the axial and coronal image. And I would say maybe six, six and a half centimeters in size. It's low density, almost water density. And it has dense peripheral calcifications. So do you think that's most likely a hamartoma, a cyst, an angiosarcoma, a lymphangioma, or a literal cell angioma? Hopefully everybody said cyst. In this case, I think it's related to an old hematoma. And we're going to talk about, in this segment, really mostly benign splenic lesions. And then we'll move on to malignant splenic lesions and metastasis in the next segment. Splenic cysts are the most common thing that we see, and there's different types of cysts. So there's true cysts, which are congenital epithelial lined cysts. Okay, so those are the true cysts. They could be epidermoid, mesothelial, or called primary cysts. They represent actually the minority of the splenic cysts that we see. They're usually unilocular and solitary. They're water or very close to water density, sharply defined borders, no contrast enhancement, and the wall can calcify. There's another type of true cyst, and that's the parasitic cyst, and we're not going to talk about that right now. But so the true cysts are the ones that have an epithelial lining, and those are the minority of lesions that we see. And then we have the false cysts, and those are the ones that don't have an epithelial lining, and they're actually more common. And they're thought to result from prior trauma, and basically the finest, final stage in the evolution of a splenic hematoma, for example. They're also sharply demarcated, usually unilocular, Water density are a little bit higher than water density, maybe like, you know, 15 to 20 Hounsfield units because there's some blood in there. And they're more commonly will have septations or dense calcifications than a true cyst would. So the one I showed you, I think, is a false cyst from an old hematoma. Here's some example of other cysts. You can see well-defined, look like cysts in other organs in the body, well-defined, water density, no enhancement after IV contrast. Here's another large one. And when they get this big, they can be symptomatic. So they can sometimes require treatment and surgery at that time. Again, a lot of peripheral calcifications in this case. So I would think it's more likely a false cyst than a true cyst. But in you know, reality, it doesn't really matter. And it's really not up to you to make that diagnosis. Here's another well-demarcated splenic cyst. And here's another very large one, tiny bit of calcification there in the superior aspect and close to water density. And again, calcifications are not uncommon in the periphery. And here's one that's densely calcified. This almost certainly is related to an old hematoma. And you can see that thick rind of calcification and even some internal calcification. Now, the thing about cysts, you don't want to mistake other things for cysts. So this is water density, well demarcated, but really I would describe this as subcapsular. And this is really a pseudocyst from pancreatitis. And this, this is pancreatic you know, enzymes, which have collected there in the subcapsular region of the spleen. In this case, there's another subcapsular collection that has high density. And this is a splenic bleed, subcapsular hematoma after trauma. And then, of course, infections could look like water density. In this case, there's air, and a cyst should never have air. So whenever you see air in a splenic collection, you should think splenic abscess. So it's usually not possible to distinguish a true cyst from a false cyst, but it's usually of little practical significance. And really, the diagnostic dilemma is to differentiate a cyst from a tumor or from an abscess. Okay, question number five. So here's a lesion in the spleen. You have the axial and the coronal image. You have this uh, peripheral enhancement. Um, and this is probably close to a portal venous phase image. So based on that appearance, the most likely diagnosis is a hamartoma, a cyst, an angiosarcoma, a lymphangioma, or a hemangioma. 
This is an example of a hemangioma, and of all splenic lesions, I think the hemangioma is the most difficult to diagnose because it has such a variable appearance on CT. Here's one, a very peripheral enhancement, and if you get a later scan, you can see that it kind of fills in and is a little bit more difficult to see. It's a very common splenic tumor. Patients are usually asymptomatic unless the lesion is very large, and then obviously they can have symptoms related to that. They can be multiple, and they can be associated with hemangiomas in other organs. Now, some of them will enhance similar to the hemangiomas in the liver, so they'll have puddling of um, the enhancement around the periphery, but that's actually the minority of cases. Some will remain hypodense. Some can look hyperdense on an arterial phase, and it can be anywhere in between. They may or may not have calcification or cystic space, especially if they get large. So the appearance on CT varies greatly. So here's an example of one where you just have a little bit of enhancement kind of in the posterior aspect. Here's one where it's a very dense enhancement, even though it measures probably a centimeter and a half. It's kind of a flash-filling hemangioma. And here's one where you have peripheral uh, rind of enhancement, not the puddling like a liver hemangioma. This is kind of like a target area around the periphery. And here's another enhancement pattern very similar to that. And here's another patient with multiple hemangiomas that are enhancing kind of homogeneously. This is a patient with Clibbel-Trinani Weber, and that's associated with multiple splenic hemangiomas. And you can see in this case, the hemangiomas look very, very cystic. So as I've shown you, it's a really wide range of appearance. Here's another one that looks a little bit like a liver hemangioma that's filled in. But again, we're still early phase, so we're getting dense enhancement around the periphery. And you can see in this patient, multiple splenic hemangiomas as well. Another splenic tumor that we'll talk about is a lymphangioma, and they're actually uncommon, usually asymptomatic unless they're large, and it's really very cystic is most commonly what we see in the spleen. They're usually small and multiple. They often have a subcapsular location, and they typically don't enhance after IV contrast, so that's how you can distinguish them from a hemangioma, for example. Here's a nice case, patient with splenomegaly. They have these small lesions, often homogeneous. They don't really enhance much after contrast, and they have a subcapsular location. It's another patient with, these are lymphangiomas, and this is a patient who had these were really incidental findings, but then they had some abnormalities on on their um, blood. So they went and did a splenectomy, and these came back multiple lymphangiomas. They look almost identical to that case of Klippel-Trinani-Weber that were hemangiomas. But this patient did not have Klippel-Trinani-Weber. It was an incidental finding. And as I said, the blood work was weird because it was obviously impacting the function of the spleen. So they did a splenectomy, and they were multiple benign lymphangiomas. This is the same patient with the axial and coronal. Another lesion that's sometimes hard to diagnose is a hamartoma, and they're pretty rare. And a hamartoma, as in any organ, is an anomalous mixture of splenic elements. They have normal splenic tissue, just in an abnormal configuration. Usually solitary, but they can be multiple. They're associated with tuberous sclerosis, so that's good to know. So if a patient has tuberous sclerosis and they have some funny-looking splenic thing, it's probably a hamartoma. They also vary in their appearance. They can be iso or hypodense on a non-contrast. They usually will have enhancement after IV contrast, and sometimes they can look a lot like hemangiomas. And to be able to distinguish them really isn't that important. When you're looking at the spleen and you see a lesion, you're just trying to determine, is this a benign lesion or is this a malignant lesion? Okay, so you want to be able to distinguish those two. It's not as important to say it's a lymphangioma versus a hamartoma versus a hemangioma. 
So I think one thing about hamartomas that are interesting is sometimes the reason you notice them is the differences in enhancement. But if you had a very late phase or a non-contrast, you wouldn't notice them except it changes the contour of the spleen is in this case a very large lesion heterogeneous with some enhancement and you can see it makes the medial portion of the spleen kind of enlarge and changes the contour of the spleen. Here's another patient this is a kind of an early phase and a very late phase image and you can see the lesion very well on the early phase image and on the late phase image you just get a kind of bulge along the contour of the medial aspect of the spleen. Here's another patient. This one um, had a splenectomy. The patient was symptomatic, so it's path-proven hamartoma. It's not very well-defined like the other lesions are, so it's a little bit more ill-defined at the margins. It's low density, but there is some enhancement. And again, it's just causing a little bulge in that one part of the spleen. And so this was a hamartoma, and I think that's a good thought. It's it may be difficult to distinguish these from some of the tumors that I'm going to show you. So in some cases, you may end up, you know, working up the patient or doing a biopsy in order to make the diagnosis. This is the case uh, very similar to the one I showed you before. Again, a del uh, delayed phase and an early phase. You can see that lesion in the spleen. That's a path-proven hamartoma. And this is one which I think is a hamartoma. The patient was asymptomatic. It's an incidental finding. And again, you see this kind of bulge there on the medial aspect of the upper portion of the spleen, probably better seen on the coronal image. These are the early phase images. So you can see that um, you can see that heterogeneous enhancement pattern of the normal spleen. And then you see this little bump. And that's very typical of hamartomas. So if we do a later phase, about 30 seconds later than this, what you'll see is you see less of the lesion and more of just a bulge or a bump in the spleen. And again, that's very similar to hamartoma. And you could imagine that would be the case because remember, hamartomas are made up of normal splenic tissue, just an abnormal configuration. So it makes sense on a non or a very delayed phase that it might look very homogeneous to the rest of the spleen, where you're going to see it best on an early phase because the enhancement pattern may be different than this normal spleen because the elements are, you know, are arranged abnormally in a hamartoma. Okay, we're going to finish up by talking about a literal cell angioma. And you may or may not have heard about this lesion. It's very rare. Well, it's thought to be very rare. And it really wasn't described until 1991. So obviously, it didn't just appear in 1991. Something must have uh, changed the way the pathologists describe these lesions. And they noticed that these lesions are different from the other splenic tumors. So they named it a literal cell angioma. And it turns out that this is common as an incidental finding. And but some patients can be symptomatic. So any really splenic lesion can cause symptoms if it's big enough, right? And the patient presents with a mass effect or splenomegaly, or if it's big enough to affect the function of the spleen, and the patient becomes anemic or thrombocytopenic. So these are typically incidental findings, but they can present when the patient becomes anemic or thrombocytopenic. Most are benign, but in the literature, there are a couple reports saying that some of these lesions were malignant. So people don't really know what to do with them just now. They're usually multiple low-density lesions measuring up to 6 centimeters in size. You can see they can be pretty big. They do enhance after IV contrast. And the thing is, there's nothing specific about it. And I'll show you the one case I have. Um, it just looks weird. It doesn't look great for any of the other lesions I showed you. So it's going to look abnormal to you. And it's probably going to need further workup. Often it will result in a splenectomy. And then the path will come back literal cell angioma. 
So here's the one case I have here. So, it, okay, this doesn't look like a cyst, right? It doesn't look great for a hemangioma or even a hamartoma. There's one dominant lesion and then smaller lesions around the periphery. There's definitely some enhancement to it and some internal architecture. It's definitely a solid mass. So I don't like it for a cyst. I don't like it for a hemangioma, lymphangioma, or hamartoma. So you're kind of left with, is this a malignant lesion or not. So you probably in these cases will end up going to a biopsy or splenectomy. And in this case, the patient went to splenectomy and it came back literal cell angioma, which was diagnosed as being benign. Um, but there's no other way really to distinguish this from some of the other malignant lesions that occur in the spleen. Okay, that will end part two.